on this, the latest episode of UnleashCast. I chat to Kate Graham, Head of Content Labs and Insights at Unleash, about all the goings-on in the world of learning and development in the last few weeks. We talk about ByteDance's decision to close their talent development team, and we talk a lot about all the mergers and acquisitions and funding rounds that have been going on recently. This is the very first episode in the Learning Focus stream, and this is UnleashCast. Okay, welcome to the first of our Learning and Skills Focus podcasts for UnleashCast. And uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back, well, to welcome and also for me, welcome back, as this is uh, the third podcast series that we've done together. Kate Graham, Head of Content Labs and Insights at Unleash. How are you doing? Not our first rodeo, John. I am really well. Delighted to be here. So thrilled that we can do this for Unleash. Yeah, me too. Um, it's uh, it's really great to launch this. We've got loads to talk about, even though today we're actually going to only be talking about one story, but it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. And it's certainly a trend that we've seen uh, in the industry over the last few months. And that is about mergers, acquisitions and and funding rounds, essentially. Um, one story from Ali Navrat, who is our recruitment talent lead, but she wrote a story in the L&D pillar, as we call them at Unleash. Um, the headline was 2021 was a record year for EdTech deals. Did it feel like that for you, Kate? Was it a record year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just gone kind of bonkers, really. It's been it's been building for a long time. I mean, I remember working on an article for Fosway back in like 2012, and it was around um, like Oracle buying Taleo, and these kind of big deals that had gone through in that sort of traditional ERP space. And I would say, you know, it hasn't slowed down at all since then. But, you know, as as our as our CEO and leader, Mark Coleman, says, you know, COVID has just been an accelerator for so many things. And I think it's just driven the market into new heights and it feels like every week there's a new unicorn <laughs> you know the fund the funding um and then the MA as the demands of the order the the buyers and the organizations have evolved the providers the vendors have needed to diversify their portfolios and often it you know it takes just too long to build stuff from scratch so obviously acquisition is an easy way to go um and I don't think it's going to slow down at all. No, neither do I. I. I think there's some interesting, there's plenty of ways you can, you know, lies, damn lies, statistics, et cetera. But they're very interesting ways to kind of cut this cake of uh, of, of funding. One of the most interesting being that uh, statistically there have been fewer deals. Uh, there were 1,414 in 2019 and there were 972 in 2021. Uh, so there's fewer deals, but they're bigger deals. So this speaks to kind of consolidation in the market. Bright Eye Ventures was the company that put these stats together and did the research. And it found that in 2020 and 2021, uh, those two years saw as much funding as the previous five years. So that's what we're looking at. Yeah, and I think that that sort of accurately, you know, well, I mean, obviously you can't accurately predict anything, but it feels right, if that makes sense. It feels like a very educated um, prediction in terms of the the direction of travel. So yeah, I think we're I think it's going to keep us unleash and, and your editorial team busy for 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 plenty of time yet to come. Yeah, very much so. And I I think it's also interesting that the focus here is on ed tech because it covers 
two distinct areas. We obviously focus on corporate learning and development and the HR side of things, but EdTech as a whole, especially uh, most of the deals are kind of US-based. We've got better up securing uh, $300 million degreed, $153 million. Uh, Handshake, uh, career planning company, $80 million. A lot of these things, though, cut across the higher education, where education and higher ed market, as well as corporate learning. And certainly the pandemic, as you've just said, is something that's accelerated all this and, it, and is applicable right across the spectrum of uh, of age groups, right from from I don't know, 10, 11 years old, as you go through school, you, you, you're going to be remote learning more all the way up into in, into the workplace. We've both got kids in school, right? And, um, you, you know, we had to go through the whole homeschooling thing. And <laughs> the ecosystem, I think, for schools is pretty shocking on the whole. You know, they're obviously they're doing their best and there are limited budgets, but, you know, it's very clunky. There's there's very little integration. However, I bought my son a Chromebook for his birthday and he set himself up with Google Classrooms. He did it all. He knew his login, password from work, you know, from school. He doesn't doesn't phase him. There's different apps for different things. It's just completely how he's used to doing things because they use it at school as well. Um, and I think that sense of uh, navigating um, different systems and different apps and all the rest of it is really interesting. It's like that generation comes into the workplace because we spend so much of our time talking in HR tech, talking about employee experience and having, you know, experience layers, you know, like something like ServiceNow that goes across everything and kind of helps people surface things without having to go to a specific system and know where things are. But maybe as the next generation comes up, that will be less important um, or equally it could be more important. I mean, in the short term, I think that's definitely going to be the, the direction of travel. Um, and it's just about, there are so many different silos of systems and specialist things and navigating your way around that ecosystem can be completely overwhelming and I, I just laugh about the school stuff because I sit there and I, I'm like I work with learning technology and HR technology for a living and I find it over, overwhelming sometimes so I just think it's quite it will be quite interesting as this as this you know sort of our kids generation get into the workplace what, what I don't know what generation they're going to be Jen well i've heard go back to a (laughs) i've heard them called or or babies at least that have been born in the last couple of years called gen c guess what the c stands for oh i know connected coronavirus no oh dear i hope not (laughs) i hope it doesn't catch on not a fan um but yeah i i think um but that whole piece and and the way that they learn and the way it's just natural for, for for that generation to to learn this way um and I, but if you look at organizations they're still going through digital transformations and you know had this conversation internally with somebody at a niche earlier and they said you know is the transformation ever done and i just think no you know it's just going to get the those kind of implementation times are going to get quicker the pace of innovation is increasing all the time and that will ultimately keep driving all of this activity, the funding and the MA. It will just keep perpetuating. 
indeed there's there's gonna be so much to talk about and like you say it's, it's only going to get quicker i was going to limit it to one story but i just thought we had to talk about this before uh we oh, go okay, which is well. the story yeah i'm throwing you a curveball kate uh, we were <laughs> going to just talk about one story but actually i can't resist talking about this because it's too big and it's too important that's about bite dance so bite oh. dance yeah exactly uh the owner of tiktok um decided to shut down its talent development department in December. Uh, we we uh, it, it didn't come out for a while. We published this story on January 31st, but it's a rather big deal. It's a very popular app, but some of the quotes, some of the comments they made about this department and its lack of efficacy really, really are hitting home for a lot of people. Uh, we've seen, you know, people we know, Andrew Jacobs, for one, blogging about this and making some really, really good comments about what people can learn, what learning and development people can can learn themselves about ByteDance's decision. What did you think? Well, I mean, some of the comments are absolutely, from ByteDance, are absolutely savage um, as far as, and if, if you're running a very traditional learning and development function, I think the kind of the takeaway is, is a little bit, be afraid, right? I, I think... Um, it's yeah it's 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 there's some pretty tough comments in there um and uh, let me just see if i can uh what's one of the quotes doing things for the sake of doing things where the actual value is limited and questionable you know that was one of the the comments which is pretty savage um and let me just see if i can find the other one that feel good feel good initiatives oh i mean that's yes learning is it gets worse it's feel-good initiatives that are self-indulging, I think is the quote. Oh, I mean, that is not that is not where L&D wants to be, right? And, I mean, she says stating the blind and the obvious. But it was really interesting because I posted the story on Twitter and got lots of reaction. And like you say, Andrew Jacobs, Nick Shackleton-Jones, lots of people picked it up and, and had something to say about it. But... I think it echoes what people like David Perring, who I used to work with at Fosway, have been saying for a long time. And that is, if if you're not connected to the business and the value proposition isn't there and the performance piece isn't there and how you, it's not about ROI per se, but, you know, it is that impact piece, then you are in danger of just being seen as something that ticks a, a feel-good box. And, and that's kind of terrifying. So, and I think the kind of the move repurpose a lot of the talent and development team elsewhere in the business is an interesting one as well because does that signify a shift to learning and development becoming you know more and more decentralized and you you know part of business functions and that is quite an interesting sort of proposition uh for the future of LED as well and again, coming back to the systems and the tech potentially makes it quite difficult to deal with if everything is decentralised. So, yeah, I mean, as somebody said on, on Twitter, I think it was Mark Britt said something like it asks more questions than it answers that article. But I think that's a kind of milestone moment to make Helen D set up, really. Absolutely is. It absolutely is for a number of reasons, not least the profile of the company. Also, the target demographic of the profile of the company, I think, because this is an app that's, that skews to mostly to, to young people. Uh, somebody said to me in conversation, it, they said, well, it's hardly surprising that an organisation that, you know, kind of 
is pushing short video clips is not going to be that interested or the culture is not going to lend itself that well to things like formal courses you know and, and some of the traditional l d type of solutions so i think that does temper it a little bit is there, there's probably a lack of cultural fit with a lot of traditional norms mm. and if you think about other organizations where you know you have to take people away from a production line or a shop floor or uh, whatever it might be you know they need to carve out time they can't just learn in the flow of work they can't just watch a video every time they need to do something you've got to kind of formalize and carve that time out um so i think there is a, a massive element of, of context in there as well you're right there is definitely i also quite like the quote or thought it was quite appropriate many learning events such as online talks of mediocre quality with over a thousand people which could easily be found on the internet um yeah <clears throat> tiktok have definitely got a view on that so i mean a, a great piece high profile definitely one to make lnd sit up and uh, think about what they're doing i i think it's, it's sometimes we have to hold up a mirror and you know we don't always like what we see and I think it's not all doom and gloom there's so much good work going on out there and some of our audience that we speak to and you know the the people that we've had on webinars in the last few months there is some really inspiring work going on out there at linking skills to internal mobility uh you know kind of fighting the fact that the labor market is absolutely you know it's absolute nightmare this there is there are lots of reasons to be cheerful but i think uh it's definitely one to show that we can't rest on our laurels yeah for sure okay that was the first learning skills focus of unleashed cast there's gonna be plenty more it's so good to be back in the podcast saddle with you kate and um on to the next one what a joy and obviously if there is anything that you'd like us to particularly cover um I would say just get in touch, you know, hit us up because this is all about the audience. So we want to talk about the things that are important to you. Absolutely. If you've got a good story, you know, we are on Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, we've launched this on Anchor. We've also launched it on SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. But definitely want to be talking about the things that, uh, you know, the audience respond to. I'll cut that bit. Your wrap up is better. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>